Greetings. Welcome to the How We Do Digital Ministry podcast. I'm Christopher Harris, founder of Faith Growth. You can find us online at faithgrowth.com, where we help our church clients build their online presence and engage with their communities. Today, I am talking with Charlotte Elia. Uh, Charlotte, please introduce yourself and tell us how you do digital ministry. Hey, Christopher, it's great to be here today. Thank you for this conversation. Um, I am a pastor at Holmes Presbyterian Church, which is on the eastern shore of Virginia. It's a peninsula. It keeps getting left out of the map. So you don't, you know, the big map at the back of the Daily Show has all the rest of Virginia missing this very large swath of land there. Uh, So we're separating the Chesapeake Bay on one side and the Atlantic Ocean on the other. It's a rural area, um, largely agrarian. And it um, is underserved in many ways, um, but also has the unique where I am on the southern tip of the eastern shore. I am uh, 20 minutes from being in Virginia Beach, right? So I live in a county where we have a population of about 12,000 people. I'm in a town where we have about 1,000 people, right? And But then if I go, any of us, 20 miles away, I'm in Virginia Beach, which is about half a million people, and Aldhampton Roads, we're at like, you know, two million, right? Um, And with all the resources, et cetera, that come with that. So um, one of our biggest challenges with digital ministry is access to the internet, right? So I moved here in the fall of 2019, and um, it took... Uh, I made an appointment to get uh, internet installed in the house, in the manse. Um, It took five months, right? So, (laughs) and I'm one of the kind of few places that can get direct broadband access, right? Because I live close enough to the highway for that. Um, And it's great. It's wonderful service. It's twice as expensive as I was paying in Norfolk, Virginia Beach too. So that's limiting access for folks as well. which means that I can do a bunch of stuff that other people don't have access to, right? Um, and sometimes we have internet folks who are using, you know, a satellite internet, let's say. Mm-hmm. Some days they have it, some days the internet ain't got no bones, right? And this is <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, you know, there's a storm. So I could have a great connection and there's all of a sudden there's nobody at Zoom church. Why? They can't get online, right? Um, and the same as the, uh, It's the same situation with cell service here. Um, Where I am in the manse in the middle of a town, I don't get cell service right where I am. I'm I'm situated between towers or I don't know what, um, a a magnetic field only here. I don't know, Um, (laughs) but which also sad story, everybody. I was like five months with no internet access, right? Um, And so, but you learn how people deal with that, right? You go into town, you go to the library, (laughs) You go, you use the public resources that are here. You go to the library and you check your email and you download, you know, podcasts, something to watch that night, whatever. um, And then return to the land of, oh, I am going to actually read books and listen, listen to records. Right. Um, So that has skewed, you know, when I'm ready to, you know, we're going to build a, we have a website, we have an email list, we have a presence on social media. Uh, what that means when other people don't, <laughs> you know, is something is a different kind of challenge here. 
Um, so we're currently um, main, we are meeting in person uh, now for church, for worship. Um, when we've maintained now our um, online worship is sort of a sermon video cast, basically the scripture reading and then sermon. So it's about 10 to 12 minutes long. Um, and then of course the posts on social media. Um, the other challenge with folks not it, within my congregation, even not having as steady access to internet means that they're not on Facebook and they're not on Twitter, et cetera, to see or boost those posts to get that algorithm really going. Um, and am I inclined in any way to tell them that they need to get a Facebook account? No, yeah, <laughs> no. I love them, right? <laughs> so do I want to bring that evil into their life? Exactly. Um, <laughs> So, so there's, there's a little challenge, you know, with that too. Um, and it also means that because they don't have this kind of steady relationship or haven't with the internet, that that those conversations about um, virtual ver versus physical space, you know, and whether relationships, et cetera, are real is very different to yeah. have with people who have no experience with interacting with people um, on the internet. Um so we have a little cloud of, you know, folks that are following us online that are watching and interacting with us online still um, and translating that um, to people who are kind of wondering why we're continuing yeah. with this is something is something else. I should also probably mention um, in this context, I'm supposed to be part time <laughs> um, and um, and I'm the only we have an organist. Um, who plays Sunday morning. Otherwise, I'm the only staff person. Um, so this is limiting, right? So um, <laughs> as far as as far as what we can achieve um, within the scope of things here. Wow. that I mean, that's just five months to get internet. I don't know what I would do. Uh, <laughs> it's, they like have to run cables or something under run. Yeah. I literally watched them run the line from the highway through the neighborhood um, to the house. And uh, so, I mean, it was like, oh, this is serious. This wasn't like, you know, we can't get a guy or something. It's we need a guy in a truck to pull, you know, across the from the power lines uh, to bring me Internet. So um, and we don't have Internet at the church. Um, and that's not an available option for us either. So, um, and I don't think we would be able to live stream anyway because we just don't have the resources of talent, you know, and volunteers to do that well. Um, so I don't think that would be the option. But as far as like, you know, oh, I want a quick, you know, send a picture to our Instagram or something. No, I have to do that at home um, because I don't have cell service there either. Um, so this kind of mental list of like these tasks, there's nothing instant. It's not, oh, we're having a Halloween party. I'm going to, you know, throw this out or something. It's no, I have to make a list of things I will do on the internet when I am on the internet here. Well, that's a way different context than, I mean, even, <laughs> you know, even, you know, the church struggles sometimes with online, but even when you, when you just can't even get online, that's, uh, that, which honestly is why I wanted to have you as a guest today, just to kind of hear, you know, we've, most of our episodes have always just assumed people have access to this. And so I wanted <laughs> to 
learn about digital ministry from, you know, in a context where it's not easy, where it, you know, you, you can't take access for granted, um, which, you know, is a lot of our rural communities and some of our inner cities. I mean, this is, yeah. uh, unfortunately, the two areas that don't have as much, you know, most of the country is connected, but there's these two populations. Um, so, We'll, we'll explore that a little bit more, but I want to kind of ask a question real fast about just in general online, you know, where is a time, if you can share a story where you've seen God at work or encountered God online, I always like to hear people's God stories online. Um, yeah, I think, you know, like a lot of people when we, <clears throat> at, at the beginning of the pandemic, we're having Zoom worship, right? And um a time, you know, beforehand as people were gathering and chatting with each other. And there was a lot of calm and suddenly people are in each other's homes. Yeah. Right. And they're getting to know each other in a different way. And there was a lot of comments there about like, I feel closer because now I'm also talking to people I don't normally run into in the pews, et cetera, during this time. But I think the thing that was probably um, really beautiful and a connection between of virtual space and physical space uh, was around people's pets. Um, and I mean, I have a, a cat across my arm right now who's just, you know, has to come to everything, right? But um, but that during this meeting, it was, oh, you have a parrot. I didn't know that. Tell me about your bird. You know, oh, yeah. look at your dogs. And people are sitting on their couches with, you know, all their animals because that's where they are, right? Yeah. Um, and so getting to know, you know, oh, that's Zeke, that's so-and-so, that's whatever. Um, and then this and getting to connect with people through their animals there. But then um, how special our blessing of the animals was this year. Okay. Because I knew these guys, yeah. right. And had seen them on, you know, on TV or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, Oh my gosh, I get to meet Zeke, you know? Um, and that was special to me as far as incorporating sort of these people's whole families then in worship. <laughs> Um, you know, they're having home worship and everybody's involved in really getting to know what's special to them and why um, was, was a really good online experience for us, I think. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I've enjoyed getting to know people's pets <laughs> online. And it's, you know, that, that aspect is, you know, just one of the ways in which it's been I think more personal for us. Uh, you know, the other part of being in such a small community is that there's no animidity, right? So there's no even sense of if I'm liking a post by, you know, there's four restaurants in town, right? If I'm liking their post, everybody can see that. It's not like there's something out in the world, right? Um, and the same goes for the people who interact with us um, because you, we're such a small community, uh, people that I've never met, you know, might like something on the church's Facebook or Instagram and I can click through and I can name three, see that they're connected to three people in the church, right? And so, and that's an advantage that, you know, folks in the larger areas aren't going to always have, right? Um, so then when I'm going to reach out and say, you know, hey, do you want to come to Presbyterian women, you know, or we have this whatever happening, I can say, and you're going to see 
Christina and Penny, you know, whoever that you know there. Um, <laughs> and we can kind of reach out in a different, you know, have already said, you know, you know, you're actually kind of part of our community already, not only interacting online, but you know um, yeah. folks within our midst um, is, is, is the positive end of that, right? So you kind of, yeah, so it's easier for you to actually kind of see the network and, and how it's and how people are connected, uh, which, yeah, it would be crazy for me to try to figure that out. Uh, well, yeah, and I'm just nosy, too, Christopher. <laughs> you probably aren't like, well, who is this? You know, but I can, oh, gosh, you know, you can me, immediately, I, do uh, I don't, it's not like I have to dox these people, right? You just click on their profile and go, oh. Yeah, okay, yeah. I see. Oh, I, I do that a lot too. What's I'm up, like, you know? What, you know, because like, in like kind of what circle? Are these like my church people? Or are these my, because I have a lot of church friends online and then right. and tech people. And so, yeah, I'm always kind of looking like, oh, oh, that's how we met. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, internet issues aside, um, you know, that during the pandemic, you know, connected, y'all were able to connect online and that was meaningful for the church, even though they're not, well, we will say they're not really digital natives by any chance, uh, uh, but that was still meaningful, right? Yeah. I mean, we had, uh, we had a couple advantage, you know, an advantage of being small is that you're, you can be really mobilized fast too. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, we already were getting in place that fall, I mean, they didn't have a website or anything, right? So we had these building blocks were were coming, that and they that was they let me do that, so that's great. Um, but then when it was, you know, it, it it was like a Thursday, you know, what was it, a Thursday, and then yeah, and then the here world. comes the next okay. Sunday isn't going to come. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but in that time, you know, our people who were more accustomed to using this kind of technology are more digital native kind of crowd went and visited with other folks and said, you know, okay, here's how we get your iPad on zoom. Here's the buttons oh. you're going to press. Here's how we're going to do everything. And so this kind of team went out and prepped. And that's one of the main reasons we didn't, you know, lose so many people um, was that we had these little, like my own little geek squad, right. Yeah. <laughs> and working with folks, um, you know, and calling and checking in when they weren't and inviting pe people who had good internet access, who were on, you know, pods, family pods, et cetera, with other people during quarantine, um, you know, would gather at, you know, aunt's aunt, whoever's house to, to do worship yeah, together. Good internet so we can go to church. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so, I mean, they, they really worked to help figure it out. Now, of course there were people who were like, well, this isn't church, right? Yeah. If I, if my butt's not in a pew, it just isn't. Um, and those are the people who are still like, well, why, why isn't everybody's butt in a pew now? You know? Um, but, uh, you know, we're obviously going to continue having this, some kind of online, uh, presence with worship or the sermon, at least, um, to continue this access, but also, you know, in small communities and in small churches, we're, we're averaging, you know, in 2019, about 40 people in worship uh, at a service. Um, so we still have this small kind of family feeling, which also means these people, sometimes they're getting their feelings hurt by each other in ways that have nothing to do with church. Right. <laughs> um, and so having this access to like, I will get a call with, Hey, I'm just going to watch the sermon this week. I'm just not feeling like dealing with so-and-so, you know? 
And it's, it's okay. You know, that's fine. That's what yeah. I would want to do too. You know, it's like, I just want to break because of some completely unrelated drama or something, you know? And so it's allowing them to kind of work with some healthy boundaries, but still yeah. be checked in, you yeah. know, with us and the community in some way too. Oh, that's cool. Um, I mean, being rural like that, I mean, is, do you see any indication that kind of being online helps with outreach or is it just kind of, you know, everybody already knows that y'all exist anyway. So, you know, I mean, what is that, you know, what is that dynamic like uh, kind of being in a rural context? It's helping, it's helping us get noticed. Um, our, our church is, is in a, um, in a place in the neighborhood where you're just not going to just happen to drive by. Right. Um, so having an online presence and being, you know, we're the Presbyterian church in the County, right. Um, we're one of like three mainline churches in the County. If you want to, if you want to be with the evangelicals and the Pentecostals, you are set over here. Um, but starting to get this kind of, um, word out that, you know, who we are and what we're about, you know, um, has been really helpful. Now, there's still a way in which some of the most helpful interactions is, you know, me going to a restaurant, a bar, one of these, you know, a local community event and just meeting people. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but we are finding, you know, more and more people finding us online and, and that's going to be with any of those larger churches, you know, their first impression of us is like still likely to be um, from an online experience. Cool. Do you know, uh, I mean, I know that there are some initiatives to help get better internet access in rural communities and everything. I mean, is that anything that you know much about it could speak about? Because I would like to learn more, but I don't know, you know, and if, if you don't know about it, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm just curious uh, uh, if that's something you might know about. Um, ways yeah, uh, yeah, there are there are multiple organizations working on this um, issue and have been, you know, from before the pandemic and then it became crucial. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, uh, the whole idea of um, <clears throat> having schools go virtual in a place like Virginia Beach, as opposed to here where that's you know not an option. Right. Um, so how do we keep kids healthy and safe during that? Um, so there, are, there is money both related to the pandemic and those funds for infrastructure around that that's, that's getting poured into uh, broadband access here, as well as um, you know, some infrastructure plans, both on the state and the federal level um, to even that out. But it's going to take it's going to take time, right? It's yeah. not like, I mean, that's, that's part of the thing is you know, the story about having to have the guy in the cherry picker like carry the line down the street, you know, it's not like the one guy comes and connects, you know, the cable at your house. Like yeah. this has, this is like a place that let's say never had power lines or something like that. Like there just isn't um, the lines out there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I know that, you know, I live in Dallas and we recently got, you know, I mean, we, we already had access, but we got upgraded wire, you know, but I mean, AT&T just came through our neighborhood about a year ago and ran new wire. Uh, but I mean, just watching that, I mean, it took, 
the rollout in this part of town was almost three months. And I mean, they're physically pushing, like they were in our front yards, pushing cables, basically underground, you know, down the neighborhood. Um, and that's, you know, in an area where, I mean, that was to give everybody gigabit service. So, I mean, that was the upgrade, but it's still, it's, you know, even here, it, I mean, it just takes time because it's a physical, they're physically laying cables. And so, uh, we just want to push these organizations to get out to the rural areas, I guess, faster, uh, you know, whereas in Dallas, we were getting upgrades already. <laughs> right, right. Oh, so, I mean, you know, so you have some, some of your members, it sounds like are really enjoying that, that y'all are still doing things online, even though it's uh, a little different. Tell me how, just give me the overall sentiment. Do they... <laughs> Are they excited about this minute? Another way, I guess I could say it is, are they excited about this ministry possibility or is it just kind of, that's something, that's something pastor does. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, there was a lot of enthusiasm, you know, at the, you know, in like spring of 2020 through that summer, you know, of just like, this is cool. We're doing it. And we're playing with like the big boys or something yeah. like we're doing it. And the other churches around here haven't figured it out. Well, they couldn't. Right. I mean, part of this was me actually having broadband Internet at the house would have been impossible otherwise. Right. Um, And and so being really excited about that, being thrilled with, you know, any any time I would collect little videos from the congregation and incorporate those into, you know, some kind of presentation, something like that. That was always like a big thrill. Um, And now yeah, there, there's a little sort of, why are we still, um, because they're not as engaged in it. And because it's really hard, it's hard in any context, right. To really translate, you know, how many people are watching, how they are engaging, you know, whether there's kind of repeat visitors, um, you know, into that language, like they would use and track, um, visitors to their physical space. Um, and there's a way in which sometimes I feel like, I feel like, am I making this up? <laughs> because in my mind, well, in my mind, there is this other, there's a congregation for a second service that we have, oh. right? And that they're engaged in other other ways in the church. Um, but translating that uh, is something that I've had difficulty with, right? So to say, you know, it's so-and-so, you know, and they're still watching, you know, or the last Sunday when you didn't see so-and-so in the pews, they watched and they commented, they were still with us. Um, And so, you know, that experience is, is hard. I don't know if it's more difficult in this context. I I assume maybe because of the kind of general lack of experience um, with internet and social media, Um, but they're not, nobody is saying don't do it. Right. We're not there. Um, and nobody's saying that's a waste of your time, et cetera. Um, but trying to explain, you know, why it really is important, important. what the long term benefits of it could be or should be and what um, why I'm still using resources of my time um, yeah. to do it is is sometimes I feel difficult to defend. Um, but, you know, we are getting, you know, people entangled with us through that. Um, and I guess they're kind of waiting maybe more for, you know, turnover or something, you know, how do, how do you translate that then into 
And what I think the lingering question with them is something along the lines of when does the virtual worshiper become a physical into our physical space? And that's not going to happen in some cases. And that's okay with me, Um, you know, or it's going to be somebody who's just going to stay virtual um, and maybe come once a quarter to a special event or, you know, a mission opportunity or something. And that's just as real to me, you know, as the person who comes every Sunday. Um, And so how to figure out how to communicate that that's as real as an experience for that person who's interacting with us in those spaces as it is for the person who is coming and sitting in their same pew every week, you know? Well, and I think, yeah. And I like your use of the word kind of, how do you translate that? Because in not just at your church, I mean, but I think our larger church and even at our denominational levels and things, these are the questions that we're going to be dealing with over the next couple of years. How, you know, what, you know, we've, we've had so many, met, you know, metrics from, you know, average worship attendance to membership, um, you know, giving and things like that, that could tell us, you know, give us some information about health and vitality, help us for planning and things. And now, um, and we were used to those. And so now it's like, how do we, you know, trying to take this new metrics we're getting, which, you know, like views and um, time, you know, number of minutes watched, total minutes watched Mm -hmm. or something of a video. And like, where does that go? And I mean, it's honestly putting a circle in a, you know, a square peg, trying to put it in a circle. Um, They're two different things and they measure different. And so we're going to have to find those new metrics and what does membership or what does affiliation look like? And yeah, so... I think it's a big translation for the church as a whole, but I mean, I'm glad that they're embracing online and they're letting you uh, play in that area and not considering it a way. I mean, that they do see that there is something there, whether they understand it or not. So that's exciting. Um, so I, we are just about out of time. So I have one last question and, and really would love to hear what is, you know, from your context and smaller church and the problems and everything, what are some of the you know, internet problems you know, what are, what's a piece of advice that you'd offer your colleagues uh, that may be in similar situations uh, on, you know, how they can kind of make things work even when it's not easy <laughs> online? Yeah, I think one of the kind of breakthrough in wisdom or something that I had like last fall was to step back and just go, it's enough, like stop. And, and that was part of, you know, getting thrown into this as we all were, right? But then especially with, um, I mean, why am I saying that? There was plenty of churches with a digital presence, et cetera, before the pandemic. Um, But we were uh, like thrown into all of it, right? Um, And then that meant, you know, I I still think other folks, you know, how do I, how do I learn zoom? And now I'm editing videos and now I'm doing this. And then how do I get slides into the videos and how will I do this? And how I'm going to edit this? How do I record a a music video and sync that and et cetera. And so you're picking up all these new skills and, and then, you know, and you're watching other people's work, et cetera. And you're going, Oh, I, okay. How do we do that? And I'll, I'll ask them or et cetera. And I'm learning a new piece of software or something. And then to go, you know what, you cannot work 60 hours a week every week because you want to make this um, as great as it could possibly be. Um, And to get to a point to say, okay, I'm not giving up on it, but I'm going, okay, what the format I have right now is okay. It's fine. It's more than adequate. 
and just stop, like stop <laughs> like the constant need to perfect, to improve um, and let it sit, uh, you know, for, for a couple months, for a quarter. And then what's essential you might want to add in and what's manageable, yeah. right? Um, for your own time and resources, because it's also not manageable for my time and resources to be spending all of my time learning software programs, uh, how to edit audio and video, and I'm not reading Bible commentaries anymore, yeah. right? Um, so, so then I'm, I'm also, I'm perfecting the medium for the message, but the message has become bleh, right? Yeah, exactly. um, so what was the point? I've defeated it um, that way too. But I think um, especially uh, people who are in contexts where they don't have the same resources of um, financial resources, technological resources, um, resources of time and talent and have limitations on their own uh, time that they're supposed to be giving um, to this work to say, you know, that's, that's it. That's what's yeah. manageable and it's okay. And I'm going to be okay with it too. And let it, and let it sit because otherwise I'm going to drown. I'm going to drown in it. There's always ways to do it better, but this yeah. is going to be okay right now. I like that advice because it's really just kind of saying, I'm going to define what success is not let, you know, we all look at what the other church is doing, not worry about their definition of success. Let's define our definition of success. We're not going to let it be so stagnant that we're not going to look. I mean, I like that you suggest checking in maybe once a quarter. So you're not going to let it go stagnant to the point, you know, it's there for years, but you are going to, okay, is there any, any, any tweaks we could make, but we're going to even time those out. So it's more reasonable for your schedule. Um, no, I think that's wise advice. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and being honest that, you know, we're comparing ourselves to churches with multiple staff and multi-million dollar budgets, you know, and, I mean, our annual budget is like under $90,000, right? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Think, yes, we do not have a light show. That's never going to happen. Uh, so what is, what, what is, and, and, and literally always answering that question too, of what's authentic for our context. That's not our context. You know, that's exactly. not who we are either. So what, it, what is it? How do we define that? Awesome. Well, I want to thank Charlotte for being our guest on how we do digital ministry today. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to make sure that you follow this podcast or add it to your favorite podcast player um, and subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. Charlotte, how can our listeners find and follow you online? Sure. Uh, Twitter is probably best. And my handle there is at Charlotte Elia. Um, Elia is E-L-I-A. So, uh, yeah, love to interact with folks there. Awesome. Well, we'll put that uh, link to your Twitter in the show notes. Um, thank you again for listening, everyone. Uh, I'd like to invite you to connect with us in another way. Uh, we have a private Facebook group cleverly titled How We Do Digital Ministry. It's a place where you can discuss with other colleagues uh, all things digital ministry and a good place for you to discuss digital ministry in the other six days of the week when there is not a new podcast episode. So uh, the link is down there in the show notes. Please join uh, the Facebook group and join the conversation. Until next week, I'd like to wish you all peace and blessings. <laughs> <laughs>